0: what's up people welcome to yet another episode of the mouth of york podcast this episode is brought to you by for the clothing and apparel lifestyle philosophy company talking about don't do it for the money don't do it for the fame do it for the love duh you already know Straight out of the Dallas and Fort Worth area. I don't know if I already said that, but you can check them out at a lot of skate shops. Uh, and uh, they got product in, in Guapo. They got a little thing going on down in Guapo. Shout out to Guapo, matter of fact. Um, everybody down there, they've been skating for over 200 years. And it's it's pretty pretty sick. It's real authentic, man. That's uh, the kind of thing I like about Texas, you know. It's authenticity in some parts. But anyways, another Texas skater core brand, Jehu Skateboards out of Corpus Christi. You can hit them up at Overtime Skate Shop. They have plenty of decks. And uh, Ben Jansen's um, getting sample decks sent to me currently right now for the new logo and the new wood, and we're going to try them out and see how we like it before we hand it to the masses that are begging for these decks. I mean, i got to have sentry guns installed in my front yard to keep you people away from trying to know what's going on here. Or I'm just a little paranoid, whatever the case may be. Regardless, speaking of paranoia... no my uh my guest is Thomas Mathis for this episode, and uh he's uh got some compelling news to tell y'all um this is actually pretty much no bullshit a guy that uh went to Iraq for drilling, and I'm just gonna leave it at that and I kept trying to go off track, but Thomas is a well well. He's a he's a good talker, man. He's gone over. He's done speeches about this to a lot of spots. He's gone to national the, to the national convention. I don't know how many times. And uh, but either way, you're gonna find all this out in the podcast. I just uh, this is a little little different gear for you guys, but uh, I think y'all enjoy it. I couldn't get him to freestyle. I didn't think about it <laughs> after the story was done. I was just like, whoa. Alright, but anyways, without further ado, welcome, Thomas Mathis. You like it more like that? Yeah, because I can, I I feel like you can hear me. Should I be like right here? Mm, I don't know if (laughs) you should. York Podcast. Yes, we plan to do that in unison. Hey everybody. The Mouth of York podcast is rolling. This episode I have Thomas Mathis on the eat south end of the table. <laughs> and uh he's a good friend of mine. I've uh went to school with him. Me he, he and I took instrumentation and electrical technology, a little bit of automation it, it, for people who don't know what instrumentation and electrical is or pertains to, that's what that means. But other than that, um I think he's a deep thinker. I think it's a good uh good good thing to have him on here and uh disregard my cat. That's meowing in the background. He's a he's a freak show. He'll stop in a second. But yeah, so Welcome, Thomas Mathis. How's it going, buddy?
1: Thanks for having me. Pretty good. Uh, you forgot to tell him we're going to fix the robots. Oh, yeah. We're going to fix the robots. That's why we went to school so we could fix those and we yeah. still can be employed because everybody else, you know, is going to lose their jobs.
0: Right. We're job killers.
1: <laughs> we're right. not. The robots will be. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just keep them up and going, right? Yeah. We just have job security. Yeah. Because we can work their programming and keep them going.
0: Right. You know, I said on a, on a previous podcast, I kind of think that if you got replaced, if your job got replaced by a robot, you should probably, you know, figure out what just replaced you if your job meant, meant that much to you.
1: And over, you know, like... I was listening to something just earlier today that. talking about that. And, you know, because that's one thing that the people say, oh, we'll lose our jobs and the industry's going to change. But that's always been the case. And people just change to get along right like blacksmiths that job's almost non-existent today yeah but it was everywhere in the past and they just had to change with the times or you know like johnny cash says get tough or die right (laughs) and that's what that's what we do as humans is is we evolve and change and adapt yeah because that's what we do
0: that's uh i think i fully agree on that man i think uh I think we're smart enough and but at the same time we're also dumb enough to like the let, you know, AI take over. You know, like they're already I seen a YouTube video and I could not tell for sure if it was doctored or what, but it was an AI robot head at the UN and I was just like, What the crap? I'm sure people listening probably seen it a hundred million times and they know what's up. I seen it once and was like, okay. Like, it was a robot head talking at the UN about like political issues, but I feel like it was like off of a movie. It looked like it was off of a movie, but it looked really shit. I think it is definitely off of a movie now that I think about it.
1: Well, that creeps me out, and I can't. It's been a while since I'd seen any of that. Um, but you, I don't know. They developed some algorithm, Facebook released it, and it yeah. was AI, and they shut it down really quick because before they knew it that ai had developed its own language and was communicating with other ai in this language that they couldn't decipher so they killed the power to it because it was that's how fast it was evolving it evolved right. into its own it got too complex Heck yeah and we the, couldn't we couldn't determine what it was saying so they're like turn it off right because for all we know it was saying you know and maybe as humans that's what we think we think the worst right it's it's already plotting against us maybe and it's going to take down all of our systems yeah so they turned it off instead of just seeing maybe what well, would happen.
0: And we yeah. enjoy control, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we do, really. We're doing control. None of these electronics we deal with can do anything without us inputting that data exactly. for it to be done. Now, for AI, if if it just decides that's what it's going to do, I don't like that. I'll probably just figure out <laughs> enough to shut that down.
0: Yeah. But it, it's crazy, because it's the step towards a better human evolution, right? That's That's what they would argue is, artificial intelligence. That's what it would be better for human evolution, but it's over evolving its own self faster.
1: And maybe we project our own negative side onto that technology. You know, we're going to think the worst because we have both sides. Good. And you think that
0: could be like instinctive at the same time. Like within us. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think it's an instinct. Yeah. As in to protect ourselves.
0: Yeah. Like just, I don't think it's far fetched at all. Like to really kind of keep an eye on that or maybe not even pursue it. But, but to
1: perceive that technology as having the same instincts. Right. To make the determinations good or bad or this or that. Yeah. Maybe that's just our own projection and it's right. really just there.
0: I guess you would have to be smart enough to know how these things really work. Yeah. Fully build these things. We just, I just turn pumps on and off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Automatically. Them from Texas Roadhouse. I'm just playing. I never go to Texas Roadhouse.
1: But you can, right? You have a computer where you can... Oh, yeah. ...send signals to a, some yeah. site in the middle of nowhere.
0: We hit remote access. Yeah. They? That's nice. cool. Call it uh, skater Scout.
1: Oh, yeah. We use skater, but it's a different program that we used to run it.
0: Yeah, these guys have a real big... a good hookup with uh, skater Packs. Ashley, they... They've been using them for a long time, not just in the oil field. They were doing a lot of food and drug jobs um, down by the DFW <clears throat> doing automation for automation plants and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you just make more money when the oil field's going because they charge more. <laughs> These guys get freaked out on automation out here. if They've been out in the field for a while and it's new to them or something, you know. like They... I don't know get called out on a 24 volt fuse and and (laughs) who gets freaked out like just the our customers sometimes you know I mean like this is in the oil field they just if a pump goes you know stops it could be a fuse on status of the pump and not giving a go ahead to the PLC and if you wired it up that way you know sure there's that's on old ways there's other ways to go about that Throw it on the negative si- signal.
1: That's the other downside with automation that they become so comfortable with these systems doing their job. You know, because they still have lease operators, right? But I'm I see spills. You know, whereas yeah. where I come from, you know, I've been in all aspects of the oil field. So a spill is something just does, should not happen. I you mean, know. or you somebody gets run off. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's just different on the production end because I come from, you know, the completions or the drilling end where people lose their jobs over one spill or one, you know, screw up like that.
0: No, it's, it's, it's a serious thing out there. Um, you're, you're starting to see like new sites have like real, uh, nice looking oil liners and stuff like that. Oh, they're containment. Yeah. They're containment units. And, um, but, uh, also like, that's why we have a customer exactly why we have a customer and at Lynn and, uh, they, it's because they had two automation companies before us on their equipment, install it and everything, but it took them 10 days to get out there. They didn't really know what they were doing. They are having spills left and right, and then ever since we got there, and we've been there since we've had them, even upped our price on them, uh, it's still logical financially to keep us. We do prevent and maintenance and whatnot because no spills have happened really uh,
1: well, I guess that's true. I guess since. what I'm what I'm referencing was a was an old automation company. That's before we came in to upgrade, You're right? And so yeah, maybe, maybe that's well. It. That's
0: that's the beauty of of uh, competition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh yeah, get the guys. Y- you'll pay extra for the people who really know what they're doing. But you know, it happens all the time. A company wants to cheap out, and they make it. They try and try and try, and sometimes cheap labor works out for a little bit. And then one thing or another, good tech realizes more. You know, it's way more potential going somewhere else because it's really automation, is such a expandable. If you really wanted to, like, you can go.
1: Oh yeah, you can you not know. ever know it all because there's yeah. so much to learn.
0: Yeah, I was telling this, you know, Mike that I that we just hired. I was like, just so you know, man, like school has not stopped. <laughs> you're about to really hit some school right now, man. Uh-huh. Like it you you get your notebook, you you got your spiral left and right. You're taking notes, you're you doing everything. You you got equipment on you. Your truck is packed. It's <laughs> like,
1: definitely overwhelming. I mean yeah. the school just teaches you that the technology exists. Exactly. But everything beyond that is needs to be experienced, but there's nothing like experience. You know, we covered subjects for six weeks, two hours Four hours a week for six weeks? Yeah. What is that? I've forgotten most of that. <laughs> so they're like, right. oh, you don't remember this? I'm like, I did that two years ago. Yeah. No, I don't remember you it. You don't
0: know how to solder? <laughs> one time, one time we soldered. I haven't been asked to solder. You guys solder stuff? Um, One time I've seen okay. you've had to. if, But that's these old dudes. Like, see, I work with a couple of old dudes. These, and they know every trick. They know the new and the old. Well, and when it really a- came down to it, instead of getting a whole cable, this dude soldered a, a new coax end to an antenna, and it was—I didn't know that's how you did that. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and I was just like, "Wow, it's a circuit! Like a coax cable is mm-hmm. a circuit, you know?" And
1: yeah, it was—it was pretty cool. Well, and that's saving some money, right? But you yep. work with some companies like Pfft, place. get a new cord, man. You know, there's a little nick in this plastic. Oh, get another one. Yeah, you're all <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
0: you know You're, if you got it but you know right. some sites are out there and you don't do that <laughs> you can't you can't do much
1: <sighs> so that's work yeah we, that is work we can get into some deeper stuff um but i guess a lot of it for me personally comes from work yeah you know um i know yeah. we talked a lot about who i was where i came from you know i grew up here in west texas oh yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. over in greenwood um, yeah but from there i just always looking for something more, you know? So I wasn't bored. Yeah. And, uh, I was in, um, oil field most of my life and then got invited to do, uh, low voltage, uh, security. So that's fire alarms, burglar alarms and, uh, access control. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years and it was interesting, but I just felt like I was getting bored. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I wanted to do something else. So I thought maybe military. So I was probably twenty, twenty-four. 24. So I went and did military stuff or, you know, the recruitment process. And I did really well. And they brought in a uh, recruiter, a, a uh, nuclear engineer recruiter. They wanted me to go nuclear. And they were trying to, yeah. Okay, they were,
0: go nuclear, man. That's a thing. Sounds are. like a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on.
1: That's what they wanted, right? So yeah. uh, they're like, "We'll give you forty thousand dollar sign on bonus." Well, that sounds good, you know, but their pitch is their pitch is geared towards an eighteen year old. At this time, I'd already been, you know, living life mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm twenty four, and as I'm weighing this stuff, I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. y'all do really good at making it sound awesome, but I got enough friends that have already been in and out to know that once you sign, you're owned. You know, you that, you've
0: you you have friends that military. That yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the nuclear department? Not in the
1: nuclear department, no, but, but Navy. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. But I did well enough on my pre that they brought in a recruiter specially to convince me that this is where I need to be. Okay. You know, and they kind of coach you through it. It's going to be 16-hour days. I mean, you very sleep very seldomly, and I mean, it's just, I mean, you're going to go, and you're going to learn, and before you know it, you're going to be doing nuclear shit. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, dude. So, you know, all this sounded like, well, it is definitely a step up from where I'm at in, in life. Um, so okay. I prayed, I prayed, yeah, it. yeah I prayed about it. Ask God, you know, if this is my path, take me on it. And if not, show me another door because I'm bored where I'm at. And my buddy called me like two days later and was like, hey, man, I got you this job in Iraq. Are you ready to go? And I'm like, doing what? He's like a assistant drill on an oil rig in Iraq. And I'm like, uh, I haven't been in the oil field for over two years, like. How am I supposed to just jump in and he's like, You'll be fine, just do it. Just apply. He said, You told me you would do it, which I did. I forgot to mention that. Six months prior, he had mentioned him getting a job in Iraq, and I was kind of like the Forrest gump thing. I was like, if you get a job in Iraq, I'll go with you. You know, thinking he's full of shit. Yeah. But he wasn't. Six months later, when all that I was bored and looking for something, he called during the same time frame of the whole Navy thing. And uh I said, okay, I'll send in my application, but I'm not going to lie on it. Because a lot of times guys get jobs by just bullshitting their way into them and learn when they get there. But I didn't want to go. So I was like, (laughs) if I tell them I've been doing doing, uh, security alarms for the last two years, I'd be like, this guy ain't even in the oil field. Why would we want to hire him? Mm -hmm. But what I didn't really think about was that nobody wants to go there, so they would have taken anybody, and they did. So I sent in my application just like it was, you know, doing security alarms, whatever, but my past oil history, and then without talking to anybody, seeing anybody, or even on the phone, it was all email. Uh, I get an itinerary back for $4,000 round trip to Iraq. And I was like, shit. Start emailing my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, I, I, I got hired. What I do? And nothing. I wasn't hearing from him at all. <laughs> he had left two weeks prior to my leave date. And I didn't hear from him that entire two weeks. He left to Iraq? Uh-huh. Okay. So he, Yeah, so he was there two weeks prior to me being there. Yeah. And so I get on the airplane and flies from Midland to Houston, Houston to Germany, Germany to Iraq. And this is like all within 36 hours. I mean, you're dog tired, right? Because the time changes. You, you don't know what's going on. You get out of the airport in Iraq and there's like bomb sniffing dogs and just crazy shit. And uh, people don't speak English. So they're yelling at you and holding up a sign like with my name on it. It's misspelled. And they're like, oh, and they're just ushering me, and they don't speak English. So, but I see, okay, he's got a sign with my name on it. Maybe that's a positive. And he ushers me into this car, and they yell back and forth, but blah to whatever. And <laughs> I get yeah. in the car, and they take off driving. And it's like a two-hour drive, and then we're going away through all these bomb blockades and stuff. And it's like crisscross zigzags the way they set up these giant. Uh, uh, cinder block not cinder block uh concrete you know barriers yeah in leading in and out of the airport because of crazy people i guess that would drive cars full of explosive try to get to the airport yeah so i'm freaking out nevertheless i'm thinking i never did talk to anybody i haven't heard from my buddy in two weeks i probably just got sold to terrorists you know there's gonna be some video me getting (laughs) my my head cut off (laughs) that's (laughs) right but i was bored so here i go right so we're driving and this guy doesn't speak English and I'm like passing out because of the jet lag. I'm exhausted. I've been up for, you know, days now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're driving through these mountains in middle of nowhere Iraq and it's gotten dark and this guy is driving in head-on traffic and weaving in and out of traffic. And uh, I was never so happy to see an oil field drilling rig in my life. I can just see the lights in the distance. I'm like, that's probably us and I'm passing out. I get to location and I... uh I go find uh, the tool pusher shack. That's the guy that kind of oversees the operations. And I mm-hmm. said, where's uh, Robert? That was my buddy. And he says, oh, he was on, he's on the rig floor. And I said, give me a hard hat. I need to go talk to him. So I get the hard hat, and I go up to the rig floor, and Rob's like, Thomas. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me it was so fucked up? I like, that was the scariest experience of my life. He's like, well, I knew you wouldn't have came, so I didn't answer any of your emails. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, because it was just like that for me, too. This is a shit show. Yeah. But I'm glad you're here. <laughs> so, right. Um, asshole. Yeah, asshole. you still
0: talk to that guy? Yeah, I still
1: talk to him. <laughs>
0: well, he, well, keep he, going. He's, this might end up good, right?
1: Well, he's been worse since. Yeah, I mean, since then, uh, three days out from my wedding, he uh, he said that he could not be my best man and didn't show. Ouch. So he did that, too. But I did it to him first. Damn. I did. But... His chick tried to hook up with me, and I told him about (laughs) that. Okay. (laughs) I was like, you should not marry this girl because she's not good for you. And he's like, I'm going to marry her. And they were already, like, divorced in six months because she was cheating on him. Cool. Yeah, so that's a little backstory with that guy. But we've known each other since elementary school. So, yeah, it's just life, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He forgives me, I forgive him. and So, yeah, we still talk. And he's still in Kuwait. Really? He's still doing it. And that. you were out in Kuwait?
0: That's where you were? But no, You, you no. said Iraq.
1: I was in Iraq in the northern section.
0: Northern? What would that be called? Do you uh, still remember? The
1: Kurdish Mountains, Atrush. Atrush? Yeah, my well name was the Atrush number one.
0: Atrush number one. Yeah.
1: And the reason I'm going on that path is kind of, mm-hmm. um, that kind of led to my awakening as a as a person. Yeah. You know, before that I was just...
0: Yeah, pick, pick up where you were at. Yeah, so uh,
1: that's kind of what, yeah, what led to me starting to investigate everything right i mean before that just being a typical american i guess i kind of uh just believed everything i was told right i mean i watched football i just you know school was the knowledge that i needed to have period that was all that there was yeah and uh getting into trouble drinking you know partying just average american that doesn't care about much but that you know living day to day with no future insight kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we get to Iraq and yeah, I learned more about myself in that situation than anything work related. You know, I met a bunch of Muslims and that for me was one of the biggest, uh, uh wake up calls because before that I would perceived all the Middle East as just people that wanted to kill me cause I'm American. I'm a God fearing Christian and, uh, and that, but when I got there, I realized that's not the case. They're just people like you and I that want to live and. And get along and, and just be be themselves. Yeah. So that was the first kind of interesting thing for me that was like, well, that's not what I expected. You
0: you worked with our...
1: Everybody underneath me were locals. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't speak English, but I had a translator. And I started learning their language and communicating with them and really getting along with them. Yeah. But I also was very interested in their culture. So I would get off work and go hang out with them and learn from them. Eat their food. Eat their food. Hang wow. hang out with them. Play soccer.
0: Where there streets, cars. Where
1: we were, no. But I did get to go to town and and experience that with him yeah. over there. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Just open, open uh, like alleyways. I guess the best way I could describe it: filled with little shops. Yeah. And all these alleyways are filled with, or uh, covered on the tops with like uh, blankets, but not you know thin sheets. Yeah. Multicolored sheets, so the sun rays would shine through, and it's just like this market. And of all kinds, you know, you can buy anything, but it's just an outdoor market through the streets of the town. So that's kind of where I spent some time and the way they cook their bread and, you know, eat with them. It was really neat. They drink chai, which is like tiny little glasses of tea, mm-hmm. sweet tea, but it's hot. Yeah, I like chai. Yeah, so they do that a lot. But uh so that was, you know, really cool to experience another culture like that. Mm-hmm. But then other things I learned were like how we got to be there, right? You start wondering, like, how is me and this American in the middle of nowhere, Iraq drilling this oil. So I start, because I knew their language, I could get them to open up to me. And because, you know, I, I made an effort to get to know them where all the other expats is what they call people, expatriates, people that leave their country to another one to do work or whatnot. All of them never paid attention to them or treated them just badly or or subhuman. And like, They would yell at them, cuss at them, and just treat them like dogs. These were
0: the locals that you were hanging out with? The locals I were hanging out with. That's who they were considered by?
1: The other people that were from out of country.
0: Out of country like?
1: Mm, Canada, other Americans, Englishmen, you know, Chinamen.
0: Like the people you were with? People I were
1: with would treat them poorly. Golly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, just because they're a-holes, I guess. I don't know. And they'd ask me, they're like, Thomas, why do you hang out with us. You know, you're different than all the rest of the guys here. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, maybe that's just my personality. I, I attributed it to being a, a West Texan, you know, <laughs> that's what I said. Basically. Maybe that's what it was. I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't know why other people would make a conscious effort or decision to be so closed off, you know, yeah. just I'm, I'm, I'm here, but I'm here for work. So you don't matter. Right. Right. I was there for life. Right. I'm learning about myself, about them, about culture i'm way out of my element of course you know i'm not in west texas anymore so might as well take make the most of it yeah as far as i was concerned so i got to know the people that owned the land that we were drilling on because they were friends with some of the workers and the way that all happened was uh, the land they were on was a um a bohi farm which is an almond farm they mm-hmm. call it boheef, and it's really good. I, I had some. You can break it open. You'd be surprised. I don't know if you've ever had a, an open almond, but it comes in a big-ass shell, and it's hard to open. <laughs> Just you know.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't guess so. Yeah.
1: Um, so they said that the government came in and told them, they said, we think, you know, they had geologists survey the place first. Right. And they said, we, we think there's oil underneath this land, and we want to drill here. And they said, we'll give you $20,000, and you can get off the land so we can drill, or you can just get off the land. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Right? right? This is men with guns telling you, we want to give you some money and, and drill here. But that well, now you can get online and see this well, <coughs> it's making uh, 3,500 barrels a day. <laughs> so, how wealthy should these people be?
0: A lot more than twenty grand. I'll a lot more than one-time
1: twenty grand payment, right? So this is all things I'm learning, and I'm like, this isn't right. You know, I don't agree with this. Yeah, we had locals storm a location, and and they were upset because what we were doing with the chemicals to get rid of them was just dumping it because there's no OSHA there, there's no controls there, there's no containments there. Yeah. I mean, we had our substructure or our uh, cellar was on a vacuum, so they would just dump whatever into that cellar. Well, the reason it gets on a vacuum is because that casing isn't sealed, so it's open. Yeah. So when they dump it, it's just going into formation at the surface level, which then, of course, runs off into...
0: Groundwater and... Everything. Everything.
1: So, yeah, we've had our our rigs stormed and they were turning off generators and, I mean, they were upset and rightly so. Yeah. I mean, they were kicked off essentially in the first place. Yeah. And this is all their natural resources that they don't get to take advantage of.
0: Right. They they don't get any part of it? No, they the got their one-time sum, yeah. Have you followed up on any of this? Like, I've told since? A,
1: one of my translators is a writer, and he's a sports writer. Yeah. But he just covered sports. He liked soccer, so he'd write about that stuff. But he knew English because he spent some time in England. Yeah. Well, once I found out about all this, I told him about it and told him, you know, this is really dangerous information, especially for him. Oh, yeah. Because he's in that country, and he's got to live there, and they silence that stuff big time, right? So I told him, I said, here's the information. Do it at what you, with, with it what you want, you know, but think about yourself also. Yeah. You know, as much as he would love to be this hero, I mean, he's got to look out for his family. So, I mean, that's as far as the extent as, if, as what I've done as far as that, and now I'm talking to you about it, which hopefully, you know, maybe it'll hit some years that can. Help make a bigger difference or something,
0: well, we are in America, yeah, and it's still halfway honored, you know, when things like this get exposed or leaked, right, like you know, going back to that instinct thing we're a lot of us were're built with that because bullshit is something we don't like.
1: Well, we deal with it. Even in our levels, we deal with it with city ordinances or crap like that. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, there's still we we there's still those elements of control. Yeah, they've just conditioned us enough to live with a certain level of them before we'll snap. Exactly, and they know. That, I mean, they're scientists in this method. They know what, what we can dish out just enough to still live in their fat big houses with marble floors, yeah. and not piss us off enough. To storm their house grounds and with pitchforks and you know yeah. all that stuff. It's like Plus they medicate the shit out of us now and yeah you know controlled chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Type of thing. So once I found out that, um, and this is after I left after um, the sky turned blood red, <laughs> um, like in the middle of the day, like this bright as today, um, I guess a dust storm had come in, hmm. but it turned into a mud thunderstorm. And it was really weird. I wish I'd have brought you photos and someday we might have to go over that. But the sky was blood red and I thought, well, maybe this is something normal, you know, cause it's raining and there's mud falling in your hand, like in your hand, like mm-hmm. splashing. And I look over at the locals and they're all staring up at the sky with the same kind of question, like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. So, you know, is this a sign or an omen? <laughs> and that's what I took it as. So I was right. like. God, let me come home to Texas, and I won't come back here. Well, we had had a shootout on location, also, where some guys had came through the gates, and they had shot up, you know, the trailer houses, and our security team had gone after them out into the, into the bush, trying to catch. These. Y'all
0: had a military-style security team.
1: A lot of them were ex-military, ex-special okay. forces that would run the teams. Yeah, and they'd have like an armed guard on every corner of location, and then armed guards leading five gates leading up to location: one road in, one road out yeah and even then they just snuck in so yeah i mean it wasn't it wasn't totally safe and that was the other thing i was like our rig was moving to this place called uh uh, Uh which was on the corner or on the edge of iran and iraq well iran would lob mortars and crap over the border and they had blast walls around this well site like we had tough security but over there they had even blast walls because of people launching mortars and stuff trying to tear up our infrastructure. Holy shit. So I had asked them for a hazard pay and they said, Oh, this ain't that dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm risking my life. I want more money. Yeah. And they didn't want to cough that up either. So I was like, well, this Jeez is all lining. I, I think I, I got what I came for, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Cause I wasn't there to make a well. I really wasn't. I was there to, for, I think the purpose of learning yeah. real life, what life can be also. Yeah. And that's what I learned. I learned, I mean, how, like in in the towns when I went to Da Hook, there's a military soldier on every corner with an an AK-47. And I thought, I bet these people, to them it's normal. I mean, he can be the judge, jury, and executioner if he wanted to. Yeah. You know, that's the authority they have. And I thought, how much we take freedom for granted in America and how much I didn't want that in America. Yeah. And how quickly it can devolve to that if we're not paying attention. right? Um, And so when I came home, I was like a different person. I thought about things differently. I saw things differently. And in Iraq, there was no um, debt money systems there. So when you went to the store to buy a candy bar, you give them money, you get a candy bar, but it's cash. Now, after we've, because that well I drilled was a wildcat well, they didn't know what they had. Well, after we drilled and they said, okay, yeah, you got lots of natural resources. We're going to start exporting them. Then they have the banks come in. So now they all run around with credit cards. So all these people that had real resources get that stripped from them, and they get debt money systems. So now they're all under credit. And it's slavery. That's what credit is, right? Oh, yeah. That's what a credit card is. It's it's debt money systems. It's, yeah. it's slavery in essence that they tell us, oh, you're free, but we all have credit cards. Yeah. So that woke me up too. I'm like, God, what is what is reality, right? Because we're manipulated so much, it started making me investigate all these different things. Right, and uh, you know, investigate politics and investigate how all the people that are running those systems aren't us. Didn't grow up poor. Didn't you know? They keep it all themselves, so it stays within the family. Yeah, you think you think it's ways or
0: you know secrets within families get passed to keep the
1: knowledge. Well, their modus operandi. Yeah, they want to. They want to keep that knowledge. They don't want us to know it because then we get involved and disrupt their fun, their system. Yeah, which is what I did when I got home. Yeah, you know, that's what. When I got home, I knew it. All this stuff, and I was like, I can't really put it all together. How so we can?
0: What was the time period
1: you were out there? That was in 2010 into 2011 when I was out there. Six months. Six months. Uh huh. And I got home, and I knew that if I went back that I might not come home and it was really kind of a I consider myself a spiritual person, maybe not religious, yeah, but spiritually you know I was created for a purpose as is everybody else, yeah, so I felt like I got what I needed out of it, and my buddy that I was working with over there had got us uh, concert tickets to see Metallica in Germany in like a hundred thousand seated stadium. Yeah. And it wasn't just Metallica. They were called it the Four Horsemen Tour. So it was like Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax and possibly Slayer. Mm-hmm. I think those are the four the four people doing it. Yeah. But after I'd seen the sky turn blood red and all the other stuff that I consider was like a sign that maybe, you know, my time here is becoming short and I need to think about either going home or or something like that he had said oh we got these tickets so but to see that show i would have had to have gone and spend another hitch out there and then it would have been on my way home that we'd have stopped in germany but i would have spent that hitch on that rig on the border of slymania yeah which was the one with blast walls and all that stuff and i was like i don't know if i'll make it through that and they were calling that tour the four horsemen so
0: yeah you're all gonna fucking, gonna
1: put two and two together real quick so nah yeah, <laughs> i was like do i really want to go and spend that time there just trying to make a concert that's called the four horsemen do yeah. i want to go see the four horsemen after which, the sky is
0: blood red and,
1: and after or I before mean, as red as the colors of our flag i mean not good dark I don't like what you're saying red okay I didn't like it either.
0: But in essence, it was just, you know, how the light. I mean, scientifically, you can explain it, I'm sure, right? Science can explain it. With the dust.
1: With, with, yeah, the dust and the color of that dust coming off of maybe the mountains. Because we're in the mountains. Oh, okay. And we're high elevation. Yeah. So that may be also why the locals were very surprised. Because they didn't come from there. They came from De Hook, which is more of in a basin. Okay. Still surrounded by mountains, but they left the basin to come into the mountains to do the work we were doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, scientifically, that's probably what it was. But still, you feel an energy in those processes. Yeah. And to me, it was a bad energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was one that I didn't I didn't like. So, yeah, all that compounded in and, and the rig move. And, and I was like, the four horsemen. Like, maybe if they had named it different, I wouldn't feel so. <laughs> like, this should not be what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I listened to my gut on that one. And I, I found another job before mm-hmm. um, my hitch came up. So, um, uh, I got a job in, uh, working here doing flow back and mm-hmm. that's in the completions process when they're drilling out plugs and getting the well prepped for production. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then that led me to a position in South Texas. So I was back in West Texas, but I found a position down there and, you know, still had all these contemplations of what life's really about and how we're operating as Americans and how what I saw there was really jacked up and we mm-hmm. were a part of that. I didn't like being a part of that. I thought it was theft, right? And I don't want to steal from anybody. I don't like being stolen from. Yeah. Um, so I was like, how can I help that? So like I said, I kept in contact with a lot of those guys, the locals there, and talked to them about what was happening and how they were being stolen from and manipulated. Yeah and and a lot of them said we know but what can we do you know and i was like what can you do what can i do you know mm-hmm. it made it led me to myself what can i do because it's happening here they do that to us here and like i said it's just more subversive mm-hmm. it's more secretive where you don't really catch it you know because here they smile in your face they're not using they're not holding guns they wear a nice suit and a nice tie and you know sound real good on tv and I mean, it's kind of, but more and more, I think that's being exposed. Yeah. Which I mean, in just the fact that we elected a reality TV star slash, you know, business tycoon is evidence of that. That we were just sick of the typical politician. Yeah, you think that he
0: came? You think he played it right by claiming to clean up and reg shop? Right. Clean the swamp got
1: in. and all that stuff. Yeah. Which I mean, sounds good. Yeah. You know, what do you think about how he's doing now? Uh, I can't say because I have kind of, it's kind of funny how all of it worked out. Um, you know, I kind of came out of my blue collar work, did my thing in that, in that realm and then kind of just faded back, you know, almost as if just by, by nature moved into it did what needed to be done to get to that position and kind of just faded back out of the process. Yeah. And that process being the political process, right. Yeah. Um, When I'd never messed with it before in my life until, like I said, my experience overseas and seeing and asking myself the same questions that those Iraqis asked me, you know, what could I do? I'm just, I'm just some guy that works in the oil field. What can I do? Well, back to coming home from there. I went to South Texas and was that still asking myself that question. I met a guy there that's named Sean and he's like 40 years old. He says, well, Thomas, you know, you're really interested in it. You should get involved politically with a party. I'm like, "Ah, I'm not into that. Like I'm more independent. You know, I don't, yeah, I can't say I affiliate with these ideas completely or these ideas completely. Yeah. He says, well, you get in and um, you manipulate it the way you like it once you're in there. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a better idea. You know, I'm more of a—I'd say along lines of libertarian, but I said, well, I'll go Republican Party, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about that. He mm-hmm. said, well, first just go to a precinct convention, so I did, and uh, then that's a, after that is a county convention, so I did that, and then they said, and, and in Odessa nobody's politically active, mm, yeah. people just don't give a shit, but they don't realize that that's the same reason because you don't care that that things keep getting done. Against your will. Yeah. Or just that are opposite of your beliefs or what you want to see happen.
0: Or you're being extorted.
1: Or you're being extorted because... And you don't even know. And Yeah, and you don't know because you can't can't resist something you don't know that's happening, Mm -hmm. right? But if you know it's happening, you can make a conscious effort to resist it, which makes it harder Mm -hmm. to come at you. Which is why the same thing with arms, you know, your flag, come and take it. That's the same principle. Yeah. That is a resistant tool. You know, you can resist tyrants with that tool yeah those people in the middle east can't resist because all the tools belong to the state yeah um so from there i went to the state convention you know but i was really surprised how the party like was more libertarian based leaning yeah uh the platform which i won't go over here because i'm not trying to do that but uh yeah but it really surprised me how much things are changing. And you could tell what they call the blue hairs, right? These are the people who have been in those same structures and manipulated it to their favor so they can be fat cats and rich. Yeah. Uh, you could tell it would anger them, the process and where it was going, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh which which surprised me and, and, and it just made me know that it's almost like we're all interconnected. So I wasn't the only one feeling this way. Right. So there was a lot of people from all over the state that wanted to get involved because of how jacked the process has become. And the more we complain, but don't actually do it ourselves, nothing gets done. So there was a lot of people just like me that are like, I don't know how I got here. I'm here because I'm pissed off and I want, you know, if nobody's going to make the change, I want to see. I want to make it for myself and for my progeny, you know, the future of, Mm -hmm. of my communities, because it was getting pretty crazy. So I gave a speech there and they sent me to the national convention and you know, you, you'll you know, you can feel, I guess, an energy about people that their motives are off or they're lying straight to your face mm-hmm. when their motives are about making giant massive amounts of money instead of actually doing good, you know, cause used to in the old times, the way this was all set up, the process of America, it was supposed to be farmers and average everyday people that got involved with being a congressman or the president even, I mean, all yeah. of it, they were supposed to come out from their farm, do their time two years or four years and then go back home. Yeah. Make the changes they wanted to see and then go home. That's why we have these terms. But, right. But there's no term limits. Right. But that's what the terms were initially set for. Yeah. was so people could get involved within their communities, make the changes for their communities by representatives. Right. Yeah. And we got all these districts and, and, uh, you know, Senate districts and, house districts and all this stuff is meant for us to vote a representative to speak for us. Yeah. But they're not, they're speaking for themselves. We have more millionaire congressmen now in America than ever in history. Yeah. I didn't give them that money. Well, I mean, I did kind of with taxes and stuff like that, but the majority of that money comes from, um, uh, you know, um, lobbyists. Yeah. People that want to manipulate, you know, special interests, not my interest, not your interests. Yeah, but you know all these things I, I started investigating from that one experience, that eye-opening experience of yeah. of being shocked. You know, like good Lord, we take what we have here so much for granted, mm-hmm. and you know the fact that we can sit here and do this and talk about these things openly is is frowned upon and damn near illegal in those countries. Yeah, you know, just projecting this stuff on the internet is probably not good.
0: <laughs> probably not. Yeah but i feel like we're still at least got to go down fighting you know what i mean like at, at least see even in psychology your your voice your belief is the strongest part about you you know what i mean and the second you start having an out especially a, an authority you know or a government make you think these ways and make you say these things and uh, pass certain laws to slowly hit thresholds to limit your speech and limit the way you believe and the way you even act. And uh, I think that that's still... I kind of lost my train of thought on it, but, you know, anyways, continue what you were Going from
1: well as far as I was going I was with you and then you you messed me up with that one. My <laughs> <laughs> bad. That's all right. Um so basically it's just about being involved and investigating for yourselves the ways you know you can I think I sent you that video of that kid who just schooled that cop while he was trying to ride his bike in a park. You know, and, and just something that simple. Yeah. That kid knew his rights. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the biggest things. You know, I, oh God, I got angry last week because I'm li- I listen to the radio when I go to work and I hear on the radio um, that they just passed a $90 million deal where they're going to um, grow the Ector County Jail because they don't have enough space. Yeah. So the Ector County Jail is now going to get $90 million worth of new room, right? So, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of extra space over at the Ector County Jail. So for anybody listening to this, just know that they're going to want to fill that jail. Yeah. So. A $90 million investment is basically what that is. Yeah. Well, they got to pay that back, right? Yeah. So how are they going to do that? Well, they're going to, more speeding tickets, more pullovers, and all those are about is escalating. So they want to escalate to either drug charges or drunk charges. Oh, for sure. So yeah, it's going to, it's just increasing that. And it just upset me. I'm like, I didn't, I did not consent to redoing the jail because currently what's happening is. They are overcrowded. Oh, for sure. But, I hear it. But they're paying other jails around our neighborhoods. You know, let me, he said Dawson County's got a bunch. Um, Tohoka Jail has a lot of inmates that are supposed to be for Ector County, but Ector County has to pay them to hold those people. Yeah. But I'm sure half of those people are on drug charges, which mm-hmm. I don't agree with. That's, yeah. to me, that's not what we should be doing with our time and money.
0: Nonviolent drug I charters. mean, yeah,
1: if it's nonviolent, why are we locking up everybody within our community for that? Feeding them and clothing them and showering and all that good stuff. But a lot of the reasons that's happening is those same, what I'll call blue hairs, the people of old society, like their streets that way, you know? Yeah. And, and the radio station was... Uh, and they were having Mike Conaway on there, which is our representative in District 31 in the House of Representatives. Yeah, I think he's 31, but anyway, he's one of our representatives in the area. And they were going to have him on the radio station. Well, I listen to it every morning, and I call in and I said, "Hey, uh, I think you know I consider this like the people's radio station because they don't they don't screen calls. Anybody can call in with any opinion they want. Yeah, I like that. And I sometimes I'll call in and drop an opinion that's most of the time not popular. Yeah. You know, and uh, they said, well, Mike Conaway is going to be on. And I called in and I said, I think y'all's radio station like the people's radio station. Right. I said, I think Mike Conaway should uh, should get his own radio station to talk to people he represents like himself and uh, and the lobbyist. And I said this like 10 minutes before he comes on. Yeah. And they said, well, Mike Conaway is a good guy. I said, well, then why was he trying to stop the 28 page release in, in September of 2016? And I said in October of twenty sixteen, well actually they hang up on me that they started mouthing. Yeah. They said, Oh, how are you gonna call in and just make a statement and not back it up? So I called in. I said, I did I didn't hang up, you hung up on me. Yeah. I said in October of twenty sixteen he voted to hand the internet over to an international oversight. So I don't know if you knew that, but the internet was run by Americans prior to October twenty sixteen. We built it. Americans built it and it was run by Americans. then they handed it off. I don't know if it was United Nations or whatever, but to a whole nother organization that has no oversight from the United States anymore. So they can implement controls on it. Controls that America, America could not do because of the constitution and the way it binds government for that type of control. Well, he voted for that. That upset me. So I let them know. And, and after I said that, because before, Oh, he's a great guy. They said, well, well, when he comes on, we're not going to talk about those. We're talking about, you know, the tax uh, break that they just passed, and you know, happy feel good stories. Yeah. So, just little things like that, you know, that's what we can do. I feel like, you know, things I would have never done prior to my ex- life changing experience, you know, right before it made me really realize how much change one person can make. Yeah. You know, one person can make a huge difference if yeah. they take the right line. You know, everything's a left or right kind of choice. And and if you make the right ones, you can really shake things up.
0: Yeah. Do you think you can sometimes meet in the middle?
1: Absolutely. In your decisions. Absolutely. When you're dealing with, um, a person that doesn't have a secret agenda, if everything's on the table, you can always find common ground. But if somebody has an agenda, yeah, then it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. You know, if, And it's the same with these politicians, or a lot of them that have been there for years and years and years. Yeah, you know their agenda is to stay where they're at because they're comfortable. They make lots of money. They have lots of power, lots of control. Yeah, and all they got to keep doing is what the fat cats that pay them tell them. You know, we don't know those people because they stay right where they want to be, which is in secret. You know, running, pulling strings. Yeah, without ever us ever knowing them.
0: So legalizing the drugs. Let's get on to that topic. Yeah. When you definitely think that all drugs should be legal completely across the board, federal, state, or...
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, um, I went to... When I was 18, I went to the Netherlands. hmm And I believe it was all legal. Now, I could be wrong about that. It was a long time ago, but but they have... Instead of jails, you know, so like in Ector County where I just mentioned we're building that $90 million renovation to the jail, mm-hmm. they would have spent that $90 million on a rehab facility mm-hmm. where there's actual doctors, actual people that care about their neighbors. Yeah, You know, my neighbor's on heroin and he's a junkie and he's not productive and his kids are suffering because his dad's a junkie. Yeah, They'll take care of them, yeah. not put them in a, a warehouse full of other crazy or not even crazy, just people that are on the wrong path. To continue that process and regen that, I mean, that's their you rehab.
0: Exponentially make it worse, uh, right? If you're in there long enough and you have to adapt, yeah, it's not good.
1: Yeah, your ideas can only stay negative. Yeah, but if you're in a rehab facility, you you have more potential to get on a positive path, right, versus a negative path. You the, know, it's
0: not permanent,
1: right? It, it, and it may not be, but for if it if it is permanent for one individual, yeah. that's worth it. Yeah, just one you know and it's not going to be one it's going to be more percent than that of course yeah but but that's what they do and that i and you don't see the kind of crime rates you do you know in other places i think i don't know if you'd heard about it but just recently a guy was getting carjacked and he got shot trying to stop the carjacker here in Odessa did you hear about that no i thought it was what happened some guy was trying to stop some other guy from stealing his vehicle mm-hmm and then the guy that owned the vehicle got shot and killed, like, this week. Oh, my God. Yeah, this week. But they were, and I thought it was interesting that they were, they were reporting that story the same day as they are reporting the $90 million jail, right? So people are calling in, and on this thought pattern of, oh, we need to find him and, you know, get him in jail, and I just, and maybe that's just my you know we're looking for things underlying things like Mm -hmm. why are they reporting this at the same time they're announcing this brand Mm -hmm. new renovation of the jail right get everybody pumped up for sticking this murder in jail which i think we should put that murder under the jail but you know what i mean it's just one of those things
0: right no i agree yeah i mean and that's just your skeptic part being yeah it's just like
1: you kind of trip me out like why are they reporting this in the same literally in the same minute
0: it's not a secret that they do that. You think they do that on a local level, though? You think, honestly? Yeah. I mean, obviously, when like Michael Jackson's holding no, no, baby no, they, out
1: the window. They definitely do it on the local level, and I only say that because prior to the election cycle, um, they had a guy named Rob and Kurt. Kurt Verlein and Robert Hallmark. Rob Hallmark was his yeah. name. They were the ones that were on that show. They got taken off, and they put these two new people that are they're out there, but yeah. Yeah, they're the ones who do all the news. So, I, like, I call and I shut them down all the time because it irritates me that they're spreading this propaganda. Is what I what I call it. Yeah, you know,
0: I think that's what if you looked at it, that's what anybody would call it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, like I, I called in and got in trouble, and <laughs> people called in after. It was like that guy. All he does is is uh, you know say random stuff. But it was something about the Odessa Police Department shot someone's dog. Really? Yeah. And this is the second time in the same number of years that it's happened. Really? Yeah. The first time they did it, there was a dog in somebody's fence and the Odessa police department shot the dog over the fence. And Odessa, the city of Odessa had to pay for that dog surgery because it lived. And the family was suing the city because these police are shooting their dogs. And this dog, the second dog that the guy shot, this Odessa police department guy shot was uh, I think on a leash and was just barking and he shot it, so I called in, and I was like, they need to, like, revamp their training, because it sounds to me like their training is just to shoot dogs on sight. Yeah. And, uh, of course, they were like, that's not what it is. The OPD is fine. And I'm like, well, two times in two years seems like, you know, like yeah. there's a statistic there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not cool. You shoot my dog, man. That's my pet. You're right. Dude, when a pet dies, that owner's hurt. I don't care. If, if it was a good owner that – And you had that for a good long time, and y'all had a, dude, our pet just died. We didn't know it that long, but it was freaking heartbreaking. And I got to tell you, if some freaking just, especially like the people with guns that get to have guns just because they passed a certain criteria and did a little training, now get to dictate whether my... Animal lives, or whether or not I spend a night in jail for,
1: or because it's a threat, you know, yeah, because that's what that's what it always is. Oh, it was a threat. It's probable cause. It looked that at I shot me. Your dog It looked at me wrong. Right. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's just asserting
0: authority and power over. I got to tell you though, um, I have a story where the cops actually, I thought they handled the situation well. Yeah, and. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I had the film, man, and I, I forgot if either way, I can make it, I can make it short. We were, I got to the granite shop early in the morning, downtown Odessa, and we were opening up, and it, our back goes to the alley, and then we pull our trailers out, and we're just talking in the shop, and we just see two bodies just zoom by in the alley, and we're all, with the crab? we kind of thought somebody like stole some tools off the trailer that we parked out there and ran off. And so we start running after him. And, uh, then, uh, you just hear like, he's got a knife, he's got a knife and blah, blah, all this stuff. And like this, this one crazy looking dude, like completely out of his mind, had a knife just waving around at this other guy. And then, that other guy was just screaming at him like he he stabbed a cop he stabbed a cop apparently he stabbed a cop right around the corner of our shop and um uh, ran off and like he was just like you could tell he was mentally something half is off right. you know and he was just like could just have been wanted- drugs or something yeah something or lack of drugs or you know mm-hmm. anything and like this cop came around the corner you know blood on his shirt and then all these other cops started coming in And like, I was like, you know, I was filming it and I cause I knew what was about to happen. This guy was about to get shot. Like this guy, this guy was about, this is right by OC. Right. I saw the story. I remember. Yeah. Like he, he, oh my gosh. Uh, And you could tell he was just saying like, I just want some Gatorade. I just want some Gatorade with a knife in his hand and everything. But long story short, they, they closed in on him and they tased him down you know, and, and put them in handcuffs and like just secured them. Nobody me got you, shot.
1: Let me ask you, did they ever look your direction? Did they know they had an audience is my question. Um, I probably, I would, I don't know, probably. And the reason I say that is you may very well played a part in saving that guy's life. Right. I mean, if nobody was there, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. nobody was there, maybe they get well, to that a, pack instinct.
0: What happened is a civilian seen him. Stab, stab that cop right and the civilian was chasing after him too oh, wow! like just a guy a guy walking down the street actually he's my friend i knew him yeah so after all this happened he was all dude caleb what's up bro i'm all dusting anyways but like like it was a well i thought it was well handled but you might be right man like uh just because i was there but they did come after and ask like if anybody had any videos or anything like that and i was all no we didn't know uh, we didn't know
1: nothing." We just kind of, and I'm not saying that you know there's no purpose for police. There are. That's oh, yeah. a very good instance of when they are. When people are being violent, it's one thing I can't stand. Yeah. You know, domestic violence. I don't like. You know, men hitting women. I don't yeah. like.
0: But how easy would it? It could. They could have easily had that story. Like even if they shot him, right in front of me. Even if they had a hundred witnesses, I, I bet you they could have gotten away with it because Absolutely. that cop got stabbed. Yeah. You know, like, and they still didn't do it. And like, that's, I I thought that was a pretty good, just probably, I don't know, man, because that would have been, that would have been a done deal to put that on the internet and that just wouldn't have, that wouldn't have applied. Yeah.
1: Because nobody's going to know the backstory. Yeah. You know, just the images is enough to just piss people off.
0: Well, even at the same token, you know, the cop only got stabbed in the arm and like, you could see that he was crazy. You can see that's probably why. If you really, if I ultimately hoped I would think that the cops were thinking that, man, he's just crazy. I bet you we can you know, he he's not gonna notice us. We can get him down, we can get him he's not actually we can handle this guy, basically, without killing him. Hopefully that's what was going on in their brains.
1: But Well, like um we discussed a little bit on the drugs aspect, which I mean of course heroin cocaine a lot of these things can change people's minds mm-hmm. when they're on this stuff to make terrible terrible decisions you know they'll rob their own families yeah. on that stuff but cannabis there's none of those side effects no with that you know you're not going to hurt somebody with that stuff yeah it's the last thing on your mind i think is violence yeah and uh i was i in 2015 they had a big movement, a big push to legalize within Texas. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember the committee. There was a, maybe it's called the Criminal Jurisprudence Committee. And this all takes place in Austin at the Texas State Capitol. Yeah. And, you know, the majority and masses of people don't know about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I watched that committee hearing. Of course, I couldn't get to Austin. I was working. And of course, I had class. Yeah. So this is back in 2015. But I watched that hearing. And the only opposition to the idea of legalization was cops. So I think I can't remember what county it was, but the guy's name I think was like uh, Travis William Travis, and William Travis is the same name as a guy that fought at the Alamo. Yeah. So it's almost like you know they produce, they they make a conscious production of how they're going to fight. This wave of people that want to change the state of Texas to be more, I guess, libertarian based or free. I mean, it's just free. It's liberty and freedom. That's what it is. Nothing. Yeah. You don't have to put a name on it. Right. It's it's freedom. That's really what it is. They want people to they want freedom in Texas. So they're pushing this movement Well, they get it all the way to committee. And one of the bills was to decriminalize, which means you would just be no different than a speeding ticket. And one of the bills was to outright abolish the term marijuana or cannabis from all the law books in Texas, which would have made cannabis plant no different than tomato plant. Yeah. That was the other bill. Both of them passed out of that committee.
0: 157. Was that the number of that bill? Um, I can't remember.
1: One of them was interesting. Brooks Lang- Langroff
0: was the representative during the time. He still, he still is. is. Yeah, he still is. But
1: I can't. I can't remember. I know I knew then, and yeah. I was. I'm pretty sure I called. Well, you, you told me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but yeah, this guy William Travis—that's this uh, big-time sheriff up around Dallas somewhere—was one of the big opponents. And you know, he's a big burly sheriff, and he carries the same name as the guy that fought at the Alamo. You know, William Travis. I think's mm-hmm. his name. So there was that correlation of authority, right? This yeah. guy comes from, you know, that's his name. Well, he's just going on about how it would be bad for, basically bad for business, but he's not going to say that, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to bust some guy smoking a J on his way to get pizza versus a guy high on meth that's just broke into 12 houses and is yeah. possibly armed and dangerous. Yeah, What do they want to do? Do they want to arrest the submissive guy that just he's sorry and yeah. now he's going to jail and so that takes up the rest of their shift or do they want to actually have to do police work and deal with a crazy man yeah you know and i have family that's in law enforcement and i asked him that question i said well i asked him that on the on the boston uh bombing which when on the boston bombing and all that happened they uh-huh. literally shut down a town yeah and were going door to door disarming people i mean it was martial law in the united states they didn't didn't call it that they called it a curfew and they lock people Which in there. Yeah. It's martial law. That's martial law. There but they go. didn't call it that. So yeah. I asked him, I said, how do you feel about that situation? And he got all authoritative like an officer would. And this is my family. And he says, um, well, we got to protect ourselves. I said, you took on a job knowing. The job isn't about you being protected. The job is about protecting the public. Yeah. You're a public servant. Yeah. But the ideas have shifted so much. And this is even in their own training. That it's not about public service. This is about you against them mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality a lot of them carry. I mean, if they didn't, we'd be a lot better off, right? They would just stop violent people and leave low level what they call criminals alone, which I call just people trying to be free. Yeah. But, you know, that was to me, that was insight into their mentality. Yeah. You know, I have another uncle who's law or was law enforcement. He's since retired, but when I brought up these ideas, he says, Well, you should be a lawyer if you want to change it fight it out in court yeah. because he won't cover principles or, you know, yeah. honor <laughs> to me it'd right. just be being an honorable person, not to bust the balls of some yeah. guy that's hurting. I mean, if he's hurting himself, that's sad, but, you know, that's another discussion I have yeah. with people when they're hurt because a family member killed himself on heroin. When I say, well, I think those drugs should be legal. Well, you know, this guy hurt an entire family because he wanted to use heroin and he's dead now. Yeah. which that's very sad. You know, they lost a, they said, well, we want it to be illegal because we don't want that to happen to other families, which is understandable. Yeah. But you're also using your emotions to make a decision. I yeah. guess. I mean, and maybe, maybe I'm uh, looking blunted, like just, uh, yeah, I'm insensitive, right? Yeah. Is that an insensitive thought process to say that? Yeah. You know, but I've made a conscious decision not to use heroin. Yeah. You know, I have a cousin that's hooked on dope, and I hate to see it, and I've helped him everywhere I can. Well, and they would have done it
0: probably if it's illegal, legal, it doesn't make a damn. Well, he's dead, you know? and it's yeah, definitely illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for it's just ridiculous, though. And I, I mean, think
1: it's in our nature to do things we're told not to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever since we were little, that's what we oh, do. Oh, yeah. We do that. Don't do that. It must be fun. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do that. <laughs> you know. Don't eat the candy.
0: Yeah. Like it tastes so good. They probably don't want it because they want it all for themselves. You know, <laughs> type of it, stuff. Exactly. But no, it, it it makes a lot of sense. We need to. I think if education was just more truthful on on the drugs and more. <sighs> I wish education actually stuck better with us and also at the same time you kind of need like experience you know you can't just rely on education you know from experience you know how to be wise could you imagine that yeah
1: dare class did you do dare yeah i did dare so imagine if now us as adults they were to ask like hey we want y'all to come talk to these kids yeah (laughs) you know be, okay. How, how would it go,
0: Mike? <laughs> how would it go? <laughs> I wouldn't let them know that. Look, dude, this is a substance that has been a practice for thousands of years, and it hasn't killed one fucking person unless you're allergic to it, and it, not a lot of people are allergic to it. And I was just like, but people are allergic to strawberries. You could die from strawberries. Nobody's illegalizing strawberries. But I just find it so fascinating that it hasn't killed anybody. There are just so many things out there. It's perfectly fine to do and perfectly fine to, you know, dabble with and that kill you. Okay. And this has not. And it actually does such a adverse effect. You know, it you you get a good input and output from, from practicing it. Well, we
1: should go to pharmaceuticals then. You know, my aunt is dead. She was 52 years old, I think, and and she died on opiates. Yeah. And if she would have just had her some cannabis, she'd have been just fine because she liked it. I, knew yeah. she, I know she did. Yeah. But she could never get it. But mm. she, she could get readily available mm-hmm. was hydrocodone. Yeah. And she went from hydrocodone to oxycodone. And I think that's what took her life was the oxycodone. She just didn't. She Well, she aspirated. That was the final cause. She yeah. threw up in her sleep and died. My grandmother's hooked on oxycodone right now. I mean, you know, used to. Used to in the past. You know, we used to get our wisdom from our elders. Yeah. All of our elders are doped up today. Yeah. How can we learn anything from them? Yeah. You know, we have to pay attention to media to learn facts of life. Yeah. So I, I, I hate it. You know, I yeah. hate the pharmaceutical industry big time. That's a yeah. big one, you know, as far as drugs go.
0: Well you think that might even be a plan?
1: As you know, a, some like mass manipulation. L- yeah,
0: well it seems a little too convenient to like and again, we've been here for a while now. As humans have been here for a while, we can figure we figured out quite a bit. Especially how we act as a whole, how we act, you know, individually is where it's chaotic, right? How how one person can act exactly different and have way different perspective and way different views. But like with thinking of how like if you're just a smart guy and you had an evil heart, I'm sure they exist you know and you can you can easily put 2 and 2 together sometimes when things just happen we have pattern recognition but we do have false pattern recognition you know what i mean so. Yeah.
1: one question i have is is it a smart man with an evil heart or is it um a heart that could go either way but when it gets that kind of power it corrupts it yeah like, you
0: know would he have that's, that's a, probably a more precise way to put it. And well, I think that's how psychologists would put it.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've, I've asked myself that question. You know, I like to think that I'm a respectful man and I want to treat people with the same respect that they give me and, you know, honorable and, and just try to carry myself in a, in a good way. Yeah. Right? To be a good man and be a good father to my family and, or my kids and husband to my wife. But how would I be if I was all of a sudden given absolute power? You know, I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be good, but I can't really say because I've never had it. Right. Well, yeah. this is
0: the Stanford project.
1: Yeah. Are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. Where they they gave people power over other students, and they were the cops, and they yeah. turned into a real shit show of them kicking the crap out of the other yeah. students. You know. And yeah. I also wondered that: what if I was the inmate? And and in the back of my head, I knew that this. It I don't know. I like to say I'm a resistant personality, yeah. so I've always yeah. been it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. I mean that's all I got in school so I got in trouble in school so much for just resisting, mm-hmm. you know, just not wanting to do what I was told. Yeah. And maybe that's why I gotten to where I've gotten in my life, because I'm that's just me. And yeah. I've I've told that um I've told you one of our teachers brought in his um uh son in law who has grown up in Europe. He's never even been to the States until this last earlier in January last yeah. month. And I took him shooting and he's a socialist and a, f- and self-described fascist. So he likes the idea of socialism and com and, and what's the word for it? Uh, centralization of control. He likes the idea of that. So, Have,
0: so he's a socialist and a fascist at the same time.
1: I believe that's uh, yeah, I believe that's the description
0: that's a weird combination.
1: Well, I guess it's based on definitions. Now, I can't say what I, he, what he, the way he would describe fascism, but I know he's a PhD in history. Okay. But he loves socialism. He likes the idea of it, and yeah. on and, and and that's where we were going back and forth, right? Because I believe in freedom and and liberty and just leave people the hell alone as long as they're not being violent. Yeah. You know, if they do, let them do what they want to do as long as it's to themselves. Yeah. Well, that's where we had in that disagreement. Well, well, I think you think too much about regulations, Thomas. That's what he's telling me. He says, but th- these are good regulations, you know, we need to fix, a, you know, these systems and, and socialism can do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, but when you look in history at socialists, there's mass, mass murder. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how, why is that? Well, they, that's because they had corrupt leaders. And then that brought me to the point we just covered. I said, were those leaders corrupt or did they become corrupt because of the absolute power? Yeah. You know, there's a saying, and I uh, I wish I knew who to credit it to, but it's absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah there's just it's our nature you know we're just individual we're humans we're flawed from yeah. design so we're gonna go that route you it's know, said
0: thomas Paine.
1: i shouldn't um, have even said i shouldn't even try it <laughs> you fucking idiot. i don't know. You know i don't know who um, says that but i said man well we got into these discussions and i said if that if that comes here I said, I'm such a resistant personality. I guess I just have to be cold because, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that old saying from Charlton Heston, out of my cold, dead hands, you know, you can have my gun after you take it out of my cold, dead hands. And, yeah, And that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true freedom to be able to defend yourself and be who you are without some other guy trying to oppress you or, or put his agenda onto you. Yeah, And I think the more people that can wake up and, do their own research that I think that's a, that resonates with everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, do what you want to do. Just don't hurt other people. That's a simple idea. Yeah. It's just an inexpensive idea. Yeah. And I think that's why it's suppressed so much because that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And so many people are focused on generating money and wealth that they can't have that. They can't have true freedom and Liberty because it's, it doesn't generate enough wealth for the people that have had it for centuries. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, you know, money pays for your food. So, at some point, you have to make money a priority, right? I mean...
1: Well, that's true, and me and you still do. I mean, yeah. we But we have an honest living. Right. We're not hurting people. No, not you know. that I know of. We may be hurting the environment, but maybe <laughs> a little. Yeah. I'm sure we at this point we've
0: we've cleaned up pretty good
1: yeah no they definitely have so many so protocols you think that
0: epa and osha is osha a government thing or is that uh, osha's government run okay so and it's political but that's a good thing right i mean to an extent that that if, was a good regulation coming in
1: if it worked the way it was designed which a lot of times it still goes back to the money osha's good but it's become such a process of they work for the big boys right because yeah. the big boys have all the money so they'll, the big boys will send OSHA off to the little guys that are just trying to make it and they'll red tape them to death where you can't have a business because these bureaucracy organizations have gotten so big and bloated that the only people who can afford to stay in business are the same ones that are jumping back and forth within those regulatory bodies. So this guy may go from the leader of Halliburton and then go be vice president. Well, that's Dick Cheney. That's what he did. Yeah he was the head ceo of halliburton had all the money in the world he didn't need to be in politics yeah he wanted the power and guess who got all the contracts in the middle east halliburton yeah so that's where i think it gets skewed because it seems like in the ideology it's perfect yeah. it would be great yeah but the men get corrupt the men take advantage yeah you know so then it it, it squeezes out. it's the same thing walmart did it squeezed out all the old you know neighborly you your next door neighbor ran a pharmacy and you went to go see him to get your meds or 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 he had a grocery store
0: but do you think that's a problem with capitalism or a problem with socialism so it sounds like it's problem with capitalism and letting companies Mm. just get too good if that makes sense right yeah but is it
1: is it is it the companies or is it just the people the people lose their morals or ethics yeah they don't and they don't incorporate them into their being even though it happens between their two ears. All those things are facets of us as humans. Yeah. But they somehow have developed a system to block those because you have to block those, I think, to generate that kind of wealth. Right. Because otherwise that stuff starts playing on you in your conscience and you'll you'll start to uh deteriorate uh-huh. mentally, physically because those things are working on you but if you can compartmentalize your own mind which is what i know they do because my cousin who's a banker does that you know he plays the stock market and he's bet against the Brazilian economy that's what i mean he told me this with a a straight face
0: well you you okay you sat there and watch a whole culture get under debt you seen an invasion with arms and and a little bit of petty cash and you also seen like the culture go into debt afterwards, you know, this works like that. So the, you, you, you hear that we just buy countries and put them in debt. That's what the stock trading is about. Right. Right. And that's,
1: it's immoral and it's unethical. Yeah.
0: Like I just can't believe it still goes on. Right. Do you think
1: Well, it goes on? I think because it's in the dark, that's why it goes on. Okay. because there's nobody to hold these other people accountable right because we're all too tied up trying to just make it yeah that's we've got to go to work we can't pay attention uh, there's so many things going on that's within the same realm the only you know and, and that's a discussion I've had too where the only way people will start to pay attention is when it's at their door yeah that's the only way. You know, because we can talk about this all day, but until there's somebody with a gun outside our door, we're going to ignore it. And mm-hmm. then even then, I say it's in the family, but our one of our professors said it boils down to the gut. It's when people start getting hungry that they start questioning what's happening. Well, why. it's starting to get like that, man. Yeah. you the,
0: the cost of food now is double. Of course, the quality is claiming to be double, right? So you're seeing a lot more organic food. Right. Oh yeah. And but it's definitely more expensive for sure for sure. Well and know? that's
1: well that's one thing we can do individually to help remedy that is grow a garden, you know. We've grown a really awesome garden yeah. you know in the past and didn't spend a dime on vegetables because a piece of squash like this big, which you know, you can't see it, but I mean a six inch piece of squash might cost you three or four dollars yeah. organic. Yeah. Or we were getting them on our for free, man. Just yeah. water.
0: How are you doing that?
1: Uh we well, we tilled up all our we tilled up our backyard and planted it. Planted squash, jalapenos, onions, um bell peppers. I mean, we planted a lot of stuff.
0: Explain tilled.
1: Uh well, I borrowed my uh brother-in-law's tiller. Mm-hmm. You know what a tiller is? No. Oh, it's a it's a machine, right? It's like a, it's got a motor on it, and it's got these big uh, graters mm-hmm. that just rotate. And okay, then, I know what you're. Yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, it just it, it turns your soil. Yeah. Right, and it makes it loose so yeah. you can actually plant into it. But you don't just till it. You put go to like you know Lowe's, which we can do, and get. Um, uh, you know, it's a, I forget what they call it. It's just soil. It yeah. is soil, but it's got nutrients in it. Yeah. Right. Because our soil's not that doesn't. It's nutrient deficient. Yeah. So you'll go get that soil and pour it down, and then till it all up so it really, really rolls yeah. all that soil. I dug
0: up my soil completely out and put full blown just organic soil in it. Yeah. Did you that use a tiller farm. to do
1: that? No. Then you probably I killed yourself doing it. <laughs> died (laughs) you did
0: like i just dug that shit right up past the cliche and everything and i just yeah but i was stoked i have great banana bananas uh, tomatoes and peppers and whatnot and it was just a tiny little thing i was just trying to get my
1: brother-in-law's tiller man because that thing makes quick work
0: well at this point i can (laughs) probably do a lot more out where my new place is at so yeah yeah and you should yeah oh for sure you know, and, but yeah. that's
1: getting, well, that goes back to the stupid city ordinances. Yeah. You know, we have to get involved because they'll, if, if everybody, if that took off, if everybody, they're going to pass an ordinance. Yeah. You can't do that within city limits. You can't do that Yeah, because you're taking money out of the system.
0: Well, and I just don't see any problems with the company owner building on this anything, you know, if it's still his property and whatnot,
1: like, I, my boss... Well, you're speaking reasonably. Yeah. In Midland, my sister was growing a garden in her front lawn, and the city came and shut her down. Yeah. No, that's ridiculous. Like, that's... I don't understand why you would even do that.
0: I mean, what what would the claim be? So you don't have any theft, or... No,
1: the claim is uh, it's not aesthetically pleasing because everybody else on that, on that block has a nice green grass. Well, now you're having this garden... And it just, it's an eyesore. That's An what eyesore? An eyesore. It's not aesthetically pleasing. You That's
0: can't. how fat America has gotten when vegetables are an eyesore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. If she was growing cheeseburgers I and mean, I'm like, I'll, I'll be, yeah. I'm going to just come by.
0: <laughs> genetically modified cheeseburger? I would like a genetically modified cheeseburger. No. Um, but, yeah, like... And my old granite boss, he would get fined. Like, he's probably lost tens of thousands of dollars just from trying to work on his building and everything like that and the city come in and shut him down.
1: And yeah. he's in the city limits? Yeah,
0: he's downtown. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how that works. I Yeah,
1: so, I mean... But to fight for himself, he's got to get a lawyer and all this mm-hmm. other... It sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And I don't know enough about the systems to, you know... <sighs> Renovate them or help, you know, enough, but somebody does. Yeah. And well, I think they need to start teaching kids
0: law, or we need to start being taught law like a very young age. Yeah. Like every every grade, like math,
1: or just civics in general. You know, people don't understand even civics for sure. Yeah, that's that's a better. Yeah, the civic civil. Yeah, yeah. the civics. My uncle, who's like sixty or something, said they used to teach them that in in school, and they took it out. (laughs) <laughs> they used to teach him that, oh. but if you know enough to protect yourself, again, you're not generating revenue.
0: Right? Yeah, that's uh, that's not profitable. So, so
1: now that we've solved all the world's problems, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> help us change it.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, I like the way you think, Thomas. <laughs> I like the way you you go into things and. So, what are your current goals?
1: Well, my current goals are to I guess they're more selfish based yeah, I want to learn as much as I can about automation mm-hmm. and become really, really skilled at it, yeah, and I do have some long term goals with automation um but I don't think I'll get into those now no. uh no but <laughs> but uh. But I want to learn as much as I can about it yeah. and automate as much as I can. I want to have like my house like the setup on Pee Wee Herman. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where all his <laughs> breakfast is being cooked. <laughs> yeah. I think a skater pack can do that. Yeah, I'm sure it could, dude. Oh, my gosh. A skater pack totally do it. I, uh. When I wake up on my iPhone and just go, doop. Yeah. And then breakfast is ready when I get up. Or my house is burned down if I do it wrong.
0: That's true. <laughs> you, you did get hit. But didn't you know, they did get bit, didn't she? Working on the electrical, oh yeah, yeah, in your yeah. House. But that was before, uh, not at my house. That was in the field. Oh, that was in the field. Did yeah, I was
1: doing crap I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs>
0: okay, well that's what happened. Yeah. But you you have a you have a newborn, right? Uh huh. Yeah, a and, little boy. And let's talk about that pregnancy. Yeah. Because you had a hospice or whatever. Oh, uh, right? it's called not a home a home hospice. birth. Yeah, home birth. Yeah. Home birth. Uh huh. And you did it all natural underwater berth? No, no, we
1: she got in the tub. But, yeah uh Jen that was just it was a warm bath, so it helps kinda relax things. Yeah. Gets things opened up. Uh and it is an option. She just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, she got in there for a while, but there's a lot of pressure and uh, you know, me you and I are, are lucky enough to never know that but <laughs> but <laughs> it's just the part of not a life you know Yeah, this rules I'm not <laughs> yeah. having to do that right but i'm glad it was done and she was glad too when it was all over man like uh it was all natural and it was uh we could do a home birth but we wanted to you know be supervised by professionals because there are professionals there you know we had a nurse and we had a so walk walk a from midwife beginning a midwife end. so like when labor started We were at home and then we drove to uh midland which is where it was called Uh the motherly way which they're shutting down which is kind of sad but if somebody's yeah no because it's a good idea because it's a great idea but if somebody was still interested though there's one in lubbock and there's one in abilene but uh we get there and honestly it was just me and my wife most of the time those the midwife and the nurse were kind of out of the room they would come in occasionally check her pulse check the baby's heart rate and then they take off again. They're really there for the event, right? So yeah. when she's prepared and ready, everything's open. It's ready to push. That's yeah. when they're there. But I No mean, epidural. Nothing, man. There wasn't no attachments to my wife. Zero. Zero drugs. We put on uh, music. We had music going for my little Bose system. Yeah. And uh, essential oils. So you get a, uh, what are they, a humidifier, but it humidifies uh, essential oils. So yeah. there's good aroma. You know, the lighting can be dimmed down. None of this stuff you can do in a hospital.
0: Manipulating the environment for calming yeah. effect.
1: For comfort, yeah. yeah. Just so she'll be a little more comfortable, which is as comfortable as you can be, you know, pushing a tiny or a big baby through a tiny hole. You yeah, know? right. But, uh, but once it was over, my son immediately was aware. Like it was so cool, you know, because a lot of times they don't tell women that the drugs you put in your own body is getting into that baby. I mean, you're connected to that kid. So a lot of times I'll we'll have these kids born and they're lethargic and stuff. Yeah. Because they're doped up too, you know, and <laughs> they are.
0: Wow, uh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> done. You know, dude. he
1: was looking around, I mean, within minutes. Hmm. I mean, within minutes, he's chilling. Like, yeah. It's, it was weird. He rolled over within two hours onto really? his side. Yeah. It's full of energy. Huh? Yeah. We got home in, within three hours of the birth. So she had him. We hung out there for a couple of hours to do paperwork.
0: Were they ready to do a C-section if it came to that? Or were mm, capable? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. No? No. Their goals are, um, I mean, of course, like I said, they're monitoring heart rate. But they yeah. also can tell the position of the baby. Like if it's a breach or something or, you know, if it's in a wrong position, they will take you to a hospital. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have Western medicine capabilities within there, you know. Yeah. I mean, I got my bench-made knife, but... <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> We're about to do. I'll get this baby out. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted Y'all to cut, hold my beer. I wanted to cut the cord with my knife, but my wife wouldn't let me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to like hand it to my son when he's like sixteen. I separated <laughs> you from your mom with this blade. <laughs> kept, kept it in the freezer with the deer meat. Oh gosh! Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? You're yeah. Just, there's the cord, and I just wanted to be like.
0: Is that a CRT? No. CRKT?
1: Benchmade? Benchmade?
0: No. Okay. That's nice. Thanks. Yeah, I have a CRKT, I think is the...
1: Where'd you get it? I ordered it. You know who... Yeah, uh, CRKT. ...sells those also is uh, uh, Bear Claw in Midland? Yeah. I love that place. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good they'll sharpen there. it for you if you need to.
0: Yeah, I need it sharpened. You know this comes apart. You could strip the whole thing apart. and Yeah field cleaning insides right? and everything yeah like it, it three three pot, parts you just undo this you flip this you it just comes apart it's can I check cool. it out yeah it's ready to come apart
1: oh you already made it ready
0: no I mean like you could just turn that uh yeah it's gonna be a little loose cause that oh, switch is yeah. hard okay and you just go it's like just a screw you go lefty loosey righty tidy on it here no, where that, where your right hand is at,
1: here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that like a roller yeah. that tightens it? A tensioner.
0: Yeah, it tightens and loosens. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, it's a nice blade. And I think these well, are I, American made.
0: Yeah. yeah, stainless steel, American. Um, I just use it a lot for work. That's why it's all tore up.
1: <laughs> Stripping cables. So, um, over there, the guy who runs Bear Claw's name's Richard. Yeah. And he does, um. Knife sharpening classes, uh-huh. which I took. It's a three-hour course, and he goes over with you one how to sharpen a knife. Yeah, uh, and goes through the process with you. But he also teaches you about all the different steels of a knife and why the price ranges are what they are. Because I mean, you can go from to the layperson, a knife is a knife. Yeah, but the steel is what makes a knife go yeah. from fifty bucks. To three hundred dollar knife, yeah, it's because of the methods and the types of steel that you how use. So it, it was treated. Really interesting. Well, and how it is? I mean, some of it's not just stainless steel. Some of it's synthetic yeah. um, compounds put together uh, to make this certain type of steel. Like your blade is a K two fifty KXP steel. Which I've never heard of. And <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I'm I've surprised. Never heard of. My blade is a 154 cm. Yeah, and then they have like SV30, and these are all just composites huh. composite steels uh, that last a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm sure because they sell these that that's good steel because I don't think he sells anything that's yeah, I'm, that's junk.
0: Just on the design and how the function of this, I'm not that impressed because. Uh, you know, I feel like it could have been done better, but I know this is like the first model and it, dude, it comes completely apart, like I said, and goes right back together. Like, it's um, it's like
1: three three bucks and they will uh, sharpen it to a razor's edge for you. And, And, and like I said, I took, that's nice. Like I said, I took that class, but they're so much more efficient and I don't have the patience to sit at home and like, Grind my knife on the grinder. Really, <laughs> I think don't. it's
0: I think it's nice. Yeah, I do. I, and I, some people do I enjoy
1: it. I just don't. I'm like, you know, my son's over there, and yeah, I'm like trying to do this. Well, I'm my like, sharpener's <laughs> at my parents' house right now. Okay, I can't sharpen. But yeah, I don't know. I, I and it gives me a reason to go look at other nice knives. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to get my knife right. sharpened. I'll go in there. Just. Look.
0: <laughs> I I think I'm I'm down to do it. Because, uh, what is this? Is this like That's a, a, a safety lock? Safety lock? Yeah. Okay, It's not, oh, it is spring loaded.
1: Yeah. These are legal now in Texas, huh?
0: I don't know. I heard, <laughs> I heard something like that. I don't know. So what are you? I
1: know it's legal to carry, I think, a sword. Like. If you wanted. <laughs> yeah, dude, if you want to just, if you okay. want to get the old buoy knife. Right,
0: south will rise again <laughs> with the knights of the south. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous, man. Oh, crap. Well, hell. What are you thinking, Caleb? We've think, covered quite a bit. I think we've covered quite a bit, and I think I'm really impressed with, uh, with your experiences, man, and I, I hope you continue to you know, be more vocal and voice out how how you believe and how, how you think as an individual. And I, I like how it inspires me. And I hope you inspired our listeners. I do too. But I think it's, uh, I think that's a good stopping point, man. I think we should wrap it up. And uh, I'd like to have you again sometime. Sure. Not a problem with me. I'm sure the guests would like to go into how you've carried on. Yeah. If you know they can I mean? get into the meat and potatoes. Cause yeah. <laughs> getting the meat potatoes i'm 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 good on the carbs good on the complex <laughs> cards bro i need to watch my figure no but
1: anyways I thanks think, for having me Caleb. Yeah, i'm dude. glad you invited me over and I, I was really
0: nervous about it i've never <laughs> I was you like, hung in on the conversation man I'll, I'll, I'll trail off and go on to other stuff but <laughs> you you definitely kept in it and i appreciate that dude yeah, thanks for, for having sure. me
1: caleb i uh I like your pad and uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got it and your setup. It's really awesome. So, yeah, you have to keep inviting me just because I like to see how you change it. Yeah, for sure. No I don't have the motivation it. to, I, I would love to know how to do this, but my motivations are just.
0: Once you realize it's just plugging in some stuff and uh, you get good equipment,
1: you just kind of. But, dude. Well, you I've know where I go from here, right? It's Joe Rogan. That's my next podcast probably. Really? After. This is going to take off and that's where I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. You get the
0: York bump to the Rogan bump. Right? <laughs> that'd be real cool. <laughs> if I could even... That that'd dude, be real cool.
1: That dude had Mel Gibson on. Yeah, uh, that like, was
0: intense. About the stem cells. Yes.
1: I wish wow. I had 30 grand. No shit. Yeah, all this is
0: numb. Go to the pan... Oh, fuck. From you getting bit, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. It sucks. Dude, yeah. Electricity is a uh, monster. And, I, dude, it's so crazy that automation, all it is is like Broken down electricity from a shit ton to very very little bit, doing a shit load like
1: manipulating
0: waves. That's a layman's turn for sure. (laughs) But no, anyways, uh, Thomas, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Anytime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we out. Peace.